0: Your mind, is a set of the color of time. Who cares
1: for games we choose? Little to win, but nothing to lose. If the of time. truth is found to
0: be lies, and all the joy within you.
2: Code Supermarket. Attention all money savers in the Richmond, Syracuse, Tri-City area, and all you wonderful people out at Ed Siegelman's Ground Zero Equal Opportunity Apartments. Yes, our manager, Darwin Paul, has opened up his pants early this Christmas to let you in for the biggest in unhealable Deep Cut discounts. Discounts. Now, agglutinated beans, giant and hypo size, two for 47 cents. Ma Rainey's moleskin Cookies, buy the ten at $1.87. Save on Peach Pits. This week only, see our boy at the back. Dog food for the doggy? Well, doggone it, we've got all six varieties of martyr brand kidney and beef offal. Talk to Charlie Cranepool, Ed's dad, what? at our liquor department about choice USDA bourbon and rump roast cocktail party mix. Last and least, there's plenty of seasick fresh produce at our vegetable counter. Don't worry about the flies, we won't weigh them. So wary shoppers, take the lift out of life and drop your load on the giant toad. We give double discounted multiple, multiple
1: identity stamps. stamps, 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 stamps.
2: I'd come to Los Angeles itself in June via San Francisco, San Francisco via Cleveland, Cleveland via New York, and New York via Europe. So I left Europe at the very end of 1965, being in that uh, uh, colloquium of of, of writers and and, uh, movie makers and avant-garde sound people in Germany. And came to New York, where indeed there was a lot happening, man. I mean, it was the Fugs and it was the Velvet Underground and Andy Warhol. There was a lot going on. I was not invited, by the way, I have to tell you. I was not invited to the (laughs) Truman Capote. (laughs) You didn't go to that. (laughs) No, no. And and I wasn't tripping either. I I'd taken my acid in um, Berlin when it was legal, when we used to get it from Sandos in little legal bottles, and nobody knew what it was, I and you know I told you that story about my first small trip going down to see to meet <laughs> Kenneth Anger and see his marvelously uh, you know er, homoerotic films in the CIA secret <laughs> viewing room on 25 micrograms of Sandos, and I went, this is it. I don't like this stuff. I'm not even sure I like Kenneth Anger. So so I went from there. Oh, my God. So then I ended up in New York, York, right? And all that stuff going on. I'd already been with a living theater, not a member, but close to them. And... Via go via Cleveland, to help my dad open his men's store and on off to San Francisco, which was supposed to be, you know, it was hippie haven. Okay. Hey, welcome to San Francisco. I thought I was going out there to sleep with an old girlfriend. Turns out I arrive at her apartment and she's hooked up with Neil Cassidy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have no chance against Neil Cassidy. I guess he's he's pretty famous, man. So they were all very sweet to me, and they gave me this apartment on Polk Street. And I look out one morning, and there's Timothy Leary and Allen Ginsberg walking into this acid symposium. I don't think it was called that, but that's what it was. You could see just through the door all of these, you know, crazy squiggly, uh, squishy things uh, being projected up on screens. Remember those days? (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah.
2: And I looked, I watched those people go through, and I said, man, this is so juvenile. Those people are so completely not getting it. I know this is what, what hit me. So then, uh, and and it was an interesting time. I mean, you know, Janis Joplin on the streets, and the, and you know the Grace Slick, and and all those people were the Diggers and and the Grateful Dead. It was a small community. Everybody was there, you know. But uh, I got I went over to the Oracle. Remember the Oracle, that magazine, the first great so-called West Coast hippie magazine?
1: Oh, Pete, I was the poetry editor of the Los Angeles Southern California Oracle. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. It was, it, Talk about squiggly lines. Oh <laughs> Yeah, the Oracle, the, the Southern California Oracle, which was, you know, a, a clone of the, of the San Francisco Oracle. Uh, it, it was uh, uh, done out of a little place on Fairfax Avenue. Before they widened it and obliterated all the old uh, uh, landmarks, and uh, and everybody was just out of their minds all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and it took forever for an issue to come out. But that's where um, Hopi set. My poem, Hopi Set, was originally published in, uh, in the Southern California Oracle. Oh, yeah, we touched all of this in our separate lives in, in, uh, in, the earlier, in the early part of the 60s. We touched all of these same people one way or another.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I, I went over to the Oracle and I said, "Hey, man, I mean, you, you've actually worked on a newspaper. How would you like to be our editor?"
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because all, yeah, all we can show- do, all we can do, is make squiggly lines. <laughs> lines. You well,
2: know, let me see your front page of this this issue, and there was this picture of this American Indian done with all these psychedelic colors. Mm. And I turned to him, I said. That's not an American Indian. I left. I knew I would be jinxed if I was gonna go promote that image, man. Oh God.
1: Well it's funny because you then imported that image to from San Francisco to Southern California a year later. Uh, Not even it, a
2: year later, man. No, no, just a couple of months later. This was June. I started Oz and that 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 July.
1: No, but I mean, when you did the Indian symposium, the Indian colloquial, uh-huh. that yeah, was the first that was the first time I saw anybody dressed entirely a couple dressed entirely in buckskins.
2: Well, there you go. Yeah. That was the real Native American, right? Th- that
1: yeah. was the real Native American look, right.
2: Well, you know, it, but it wasn't psychedelic. I knew that the Indians weren't psychedelic, and I don't even know if I'd started to read Castaneda yet. That was close. I don't remember when he came out. It was close to the inception of Oz. But uh, I'll tell you, in those days when we started, because Dave came on real quickly. You you floated back into KPFK. I was there. Phil Austin was Engineering the show, remember he was in the booth.
1: Oh yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, as a listener, I remember having to turn off into a parking lot on Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. and just sit in the car and listen to whatever whatever weirdness was going on. Surprise, uh, right? Yeah. A, oh, my my earliest picture of you at, in a professional sense uh, yeah. as a listener was uh, your ability to be whoever it was who had written whatever it was you were reading. It didn't matter whether it was the book of Job or Truman Capote. You were yeah. that guy, you know. And it was okay. extremely convincing and very unusual, uh, 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 full of, a, full of um, a great deal of self-confidence. And, and interesting, you know, you'd come from Europe. And so there was this avant-garde, European avant-garde thing that was sort of the next generation of that. You know, uh-huh, the, right. the the uh, the children of the of the, you know, looking back at the days of the Surrealists and thinking, how could I be so c- cool? Like that was cool. You it know. was post beat also. Remember, but it
2: was European because you're the Europeans were not beats. They were they were Surrealists right. and they were whatever. Right. But yeah. And, and so you heard I was doing that, man. And uh, I'll tell you, when I started on KPFK you remember what fm was like i mean you look at fm today and it's just it's an abomination it's all the same tune being played over and over again back then it was so insanely square right i mean there was art you 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 did art but otherwise it was just like huh all dead Germans being played it was all very, very classical and cool. I imagine that they probably leave, even looked askance at, at your poetry at that time because you weren't doing stuffy stuff, man. You know, you were you were doing rare stuff. So I, I don't know. Um, anyway, when I got on there, there was nothing on at night and Oz just exploded. Remember how big it got so quickly?
1: Well, yeah. Um, By the time... Now, I've... uh, Somewhere... There'll be a picture display of all of this stuff because uh, I've sent it off. You have copies of it and uh, yes. I sent it off to uh, Phil Fountain. But uh, about nine months later, there was a second marathon. You showed up just in time to uh, be at the first fundraiser for this radio station right. in 66. Yeah. Six. Well, in, in April of 67, the yep. second one, uh, yep. Radio Free Oz was at its peak. Yep. It was yep. just before uh, you, uh, you left KPFK yeah. and moved on to uh, KRLA. You
0: know, I read the paper the other day about all the progress we've made. Said opportunity was really there now after all the dues we've paid said a good education is all you need and you can get that in our school of course you have to act responsible and don't socialize with the crazy militant food I said oh, it sure is good to be free but I'm just sitting here thinking huh who do they think they're kidding with that job You know, my pastor told me the other day, Say Practice the golden rule. He said, Son, you're free now, so love everybody and don't mess around and lose your cool. That night I was walking home feeling good, praying like a son of a gun. When a cop yelled, Hey, nigga, you look guilty. Come here. What the hell is you done done? I said, Hey, with that job. Well, they're really working on some new stuff now. We're going to have a cooperation here next. That's where our brother will own a big factory, see, and then we'll all be well fed. Now, I know it's hard to figure out how it helps me and you, but, hell, try. Because it's got to be so, because the man told me so. And, baby, you know he don't lie. I said, whoa. to be free but you know something i was just thinking who they think they're fooling with that job Downtown, they got a committee and they tell me the ribbon is blue. (laughs) They're gonna figure out how to stop all this burning and looting, and the army is working on the problem, too. Say, come here, boy, grab this rifle here. We're going, but we ain't gonna be gone long. All us free Americans gonna save them good guys from them damn Viet Cong. I say, that job.